Hello, internet peeps, and if you're wondering why we haven't been recording in a long time, it's because we were trying to play this really, really long game of Resident Evil called Veronica. And, uh, I, I think they called it X when they re remastered it for the PS2, pretty much, or when they released it for the PS2. Uh, That's right. Uh, because the Dreamcast was only Code Veronica. But this is the Nemesis Project. This is where we're going to go through all of the main line of Resident Evil games. And we'll mention some games like Resident Evil Gaiden and all that stuff. And, and even the books and the, the, the movies we will mention at some point in this uh, podcast called the Nemesis Project. Yeah. I'm Joe Dudson. and I am with Zach. Hello, Zach. Hello. How you been? You, you been uh, playing playing the games, the video games? Uh, co mostly Code Veronica lately, but now I got Mortal Kombat 11, so I'm kind of excited to dig into that. Did you play that before? Uh, uh, before we recorded, I mean. No, I didn't. I didn't get to. Yeah, because I, I had to mow the grass after I got home. <laughs> so. And I had to had to have that Wendy's that, that ginger food. I love oh that yeah, that too. But uh. I've been doing a project in my room. I bought a new desk, which I just tapped right now. I don't know if you heard it. I uh, got a new 4K TV to my left on a brand new entertainment system. And I hooked up my Nintendo 64 in there, and it doesn't look half bad at all. Huh. That's good. And I mean, I'm still going to get an RT, uh, 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 one of the old tube TVs. CRT. Yeah, CRT. I almost said RTC, whatever that fucking means. RCA. Yeah, RCA. That's. <laughs> I had one of those TVs back in the day, back when I played some Metal Gear Solid. Um, but yeah, I I've been busy organizing my room. I have now a bookshelf that I can put my games and my books. It looks like a normal room and not all messy, where it's just hanging off of nothing. <laughs> Everything's on the floor, so. And I've been playing, I've obviously been playing Code Veronica. I've been playing it on the PS4. Uh, the, uh, whatever they have in there, download. I think that was uh, Code Veronica X, if I remember. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So, yeah, so we're, we're going to get back into this because this is the final part of the birth episode of the Nemesis Project. And then we're gonna go into the Rebirth next episode with Resident Evil 1 Remastered and Resident Evil Zero. So be prepared for that. Let's get into the prison uh, portion of the podcast here. Uh, talking about the development of Resident Evil Code Veronica. It released on Dreamcast first, if I'm correct, right? That's right. And uh, not too much talk about it they were just pretty much uh, saying that PlayStation was supposed to be the ones with the numbers, like Resident Evil 1, 2, and 3. Anything that was on a different console that they were talking about is supposed to be a side story. So there's a debate on whether Code Veronica is part of the main storyline. And I consider it part of the main storyline, but other people believe that this is just a side story. But it... But it's like, they're still talking about Claire uh, finding her brother. So it makes sense that it's still a main storyline. I think Capcom themselves officially recognize this as a side story game. Really? Um, 
Yeah, and I think they do the same thing to Resident Evil 3 some somehow. Mm-hmm. But that's just how they see it. Like, I can see why, at least in the case of Code Veronica, maybe, because it's it kind of doesn't have as much to do with Umbrella, mainly. Uh, but at the same time, it features main characters in it. Uh, so, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, they pretty much talked about how, like, Resident Evil 3, uh, they technically called this Resident Evil 3.5, which I find hilarious, and I'm like, uh, that still doesn't make any sense, and, you know, there's there was a lot of talk about Resident Evil 3 using the same, uh, resources that they had in the second one, uh, with the outside stuff that was there, uh, there was like crates and barrels that were used in Resident Evil 3, uh, with Resident Evil 2 and 2 3. So, um, this being a side story, it just somehow it didn't count on the main storyline, which again, it doesn't make sense to me. But if Capcom's thinking that way, that it's a side story, I guess it's kind of like, uh, the Cloverfield movies, <laughs> the one with John Goodman. Yeah, I guess. I guess that's what they're trying to go with, I guess. I wouldn't put too much stock into, oh, because Capcom recognizes it, then it's the word of God kind of thing. Because that's kind of like Konami. Konami was like the same way with Silent Hill. It's like, oh, well, this is a Silent Hill game. It's like, look, if you've ever played Silent Hill, you know what I'm talking about. If you played the old games and you look at some of those new ones, it's like, is that really a Silent Hill game? No. No, it isn't. (laughs) Like... You know. Yeah, so... I don't know, did you hear any development uh, stories about this that were, were kind of interesting? There was nothing like a Resident Evil 1.5 or uh, them, you know, other stories that we talked about in the past podcast. Did you find anything oh. interesting? Yeah, I, I dug up a few tidbits, actually. Yeah, none of it's, like, on that scale in terms of, like, oh, my God, they, like, rebuilt the whole game or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um... Like, uh, let's see, like, apparently the game came into concept after Capcom canned the Saturn port of RE2. Oh. And Sega actually asked them, well, like, what do you think about making a game for Dreamcast? And then they're like, well, sure, why not? And that's kind of how they ended up coming up with Code Veronica. That was the start of that. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, there's always that rumor that uh, Code Veronica was always intended to be the real Resident Evil 3. That's not true. Uh, I don't know how that got started, but apparently that is not the case. Um, Why did people make those rumors? Like, just because... I I don't know. I think it was probably just because, oh, well, it's on the superior platform then, so this must be the real Resident Evil 3. That's all I can think of. Yeah, but Dreamcast was more powerful than the PlayStation, wasn't it, at some point? oh, Oh, yeah, definitely. We're talking... 128-bit system versus 32. Like, mm-hmm. if we're just talking the, the dummy bit stuff, like, you can get real technical and it's still way more powerful than a PlayStation. Yeah, and... Yeah, I read that rumor, too. I I guess I was mixing up with the the assets that they were using in Resident Evil 3 and then Code Veronica, which was a little bit more better on the graphical side, and... I mean... Graphical meaning smoother models, and they didn't have pre-rendered uh, 
backgrounds. I think it was all uh, live. Rendered. Yeah, it was all, it was all full three D. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, pretty good. Yeah, other than that, there was more variety in uh, the monsters and stuff uh, that they added, which we'll get into in later in the podcast. But any any more development news? Yeah, I got a couple other things here. Um, cool. A lot of this is stuff that has to do with like I think like some of it's pre-production and and kind of coming up with the plot and everything before the game comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently the uh, developers, um, this guy's name is Noboro Sigamura. Uh, he was intending for Jill to be the main character of this game, but I guess he figured out like what happened with Resident Evil Two and Three. Like oh, all three, they're going to use Jill, okay? And then it was. Uh, when he learned of how Claire was in Resident Evil 2, he decided to change that and make her the main character. I suppose she's the main character. Her and Chris. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was supposed to follow up on the... Like, what you read in Chris's diary in Resident Evil 2, how, like, oh, he's going to Europe, so, like, Jill was would be in Europe doing her investigation and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But that changed. Uh, it, what's funny about, like... Raccoon Police Department and the Stars team. <laughs> it's like, you know, since our police system is all fucked up, we're just gonna go investigate this shit in in Europe. Let's go. And they they always wasn't that new uh, company. It started with a B that Chris joined. BSAA. Yeah. Was that in the diary? If I'm correct. No, uh, I don't think the BSAA formed until like. Uh, like talking in the canon, like sometime before Resident Evil Four happened, I think mm-hmm. uh, officially, like maybe a year or two. But uh, which supposedly Resident Evil Four takes place in two thousand four. So, <laughs> but uh, like <sighs> the thing with the stars is they don't really explain this that well. Uh, you only learn this through like kind of lore digging. Apparently, STARS is, like, a, a national, like, kind of, like, elite police organization. Mm-hmm. So, it's, like... SWAT team for the world? Sort Just for the United States. It's sort of, like... It's just, in some ways, it kind of reminds me of, like, the FBI and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's not a federal organization, apparently. So, it's, it's just a weird Japanese, all oh, we made, like, a special forces police shit in... Japan doesn't know doesn't have stuff like that necessarily, so it, it's a tra- it's a traveling tactical team. <laughs> yeah, so it kind of makes sense that they they would go on and do their own thing or whatever. They have that training and stuff, so it's whatever, fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you the gotta, other thing I had, oh, go ahead. And you got to assume that these stars members, even if you don't pick up the journals, they read the journals and be like, "Oh, I got to go do this. Something's fishy here." with Wesker and all them. Chris is our old partner, you know. <laughs> Barry. Fucking Barry. What was the uh, other uh, development thing? Okay, this has to do with the story as well. Okay. Um, appar- apparently, uh, they had kind of a story running where they were going to play on how Umbrella's founders were tied to, like, European nobility and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the Ashford twins, Alexia and Alfred were originally going to be called Hilda and Hilbert Kruger. And what? they were German. 
Yeah, they were German, and their grandfather, who helped found Umbrella, had ties to the Nazis. <laughs> he had <laughs> ties to Nazi Germany. And then, like, uh, yeah, there was going to be, like, Nazi symbolism and shit like that in this game. And then, apparently, thankfully, some people on the team were like, uh, this might cause a problem when we release this in some European territories. Mm-hmm. And like specifically Germany, they wouldn't even be able to fucking play the game. They'd have to go in and censor it because that shit's not allowed. Um, yeah, they would have to put that that eagle. <laughs> yeah, in place uh, of the swastika. Some of that stuff I think is still left over though. If you look real closely at some things, like like the family crest, kind of looks like kind of Germanic, and then you know there's the thing with the Lugers, and there's all that military memorabilia and stuff like that, like in mm-hmm. the mansions. So I think some of that stayed. Well, I think, uh, I, I think they were just like, we need to have creepy Nazi stuff in here because this mansion is very German. So <laughs> they were like, let's just leave these assets in here. You know, nobody, honestly, nobody I think I think that this would have made the game even cooler if they kept it. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, to me, like, I guess to Americans and stuff, it's not really a big deal because mm-hmm. uh, in my mind, time. yeah, in my mind, it would remind me of things like Wolfenstein and stuff like things that kind of just use that as like a backdrop. It's just something to add a little spice to the setting. kind of. Thing. And this is going to sound maybe off the wall, but this game is pretty much off the wall anyway, but it would have been <laughs> funny if like Nazis were still in the game somehow. And the zombies had like Nazi helmets and stuff, and uh, you would fight like these super soldier tyrant Nazis. <laughs> oh my God, he's going full on Nazi with it apparently. Yeah, it would be interesting, and I mean, you're killing them, so it's not like you're you know playing chess with them and high fiving. So yeah, only know. good Nazis a dead Nazi, brother. <laughs> yeah, damn straight. <laughs> Um, any more development news, or that's pretty much it? That that was pretty much it. The rest of it was pretty smooth uh, compared to a lot of these other games. So yeah, yeah, most of the news that I found about the development was just like, oh, we needed to add this, we needed to add that. Things needed to be longer and different. And I was like, okay, cool, just your typical news, nothing uh, out of the ordinary. Yeah, but let's get into the comparing. Of Code Veronica to the, the the last three, Resident Evil 1, 2, and 3. I will say one thing, and you brought this up before, that they <laughs> they they took out dodging and they kept the uh, quick turn, pretty much. Why Among would, other things. <laughs> yeah, why would you take things out that were so good in Resident Evil 3 and be like, fuck it, I don't want this in Code Veronica. I don't, I don't know, especially because both games were being developed at the same time. So it's like they could have swapped notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing I could think of is they were either not paying any attention other than trying to not copy or, or mess up the story. Or uh, the they director. Yeah, the director and all the people who call all the shots didn't want it. They, they wanted it to be different somehow, or they just didn't like those things. So they didn't put them in, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, what was different 
in this game is that the enemies like to respawn after you kill them all. So, yeah. <laughs> so if you're used to, you know, clearing a room and going, oh, thank God I don't have to deal with these enemies anymore. Think again, buddy. Uh, you're going to fucking fight them again and again. And if you go into the moth hallway and pick up a blue herb because you're definitely going to get poisoned because the moth is going to lay eggs on you. And with these eggs, Gross. you don't know when they're going to hatch. They could hatch you know, the, the moment you leave the room. Or an hour from now, or 30, I'm being exaggerating, uh, about like 10 to 20 minutes from now. Mm -hmm. And if you don't pick up those blue herbs to get away the poison, you have to go back in that room because there's no blue herbs for a while and you might just get more eggs on you. So It's, it's not just that either. It's like a, you'll clear a room full of zombies, you'll come back a little bit later and there's more zombies or... There's bandersnatches, which can be kind of annoying if there's more than one. Or there's there's those stupid robots that spy on you and cause a hunter to spawn somehow. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck was that? Like, I, that makes no sense. <laughs> what happens if like, because what happens if one of their soldiers by accident like gets the alarm off? A fucking hunter is gonna you know kill him. I don't know. Apparently, HCF, whatever the fuck this company is that Wesker works for, doesn't have soldiers. Because I don't see any. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just him and a bunch of hunters with, like, little drones, apparently. And how does this hunter, like, is there a cage above the area that just releases them? Do they know where to go? Or are they trying to say hunters know where to go when the fucking alarm goes off? Like, I... Yeah, I wasn't ever really under the impression that you could give them instructions or something. It mm. seemed like they, they were just something you let loose and it just killed things. So, like, yeah, this is kind of confusing to me, too. They do seem weaker in this game compared mm. to, like, the others. Like, you don't take as much damage from them. They seem to take less damage. So they could be, like, weaker. So they could it could be that they made a breakthrough where, oh, we can give them really basic instructions. Yeah, and I don't I don't know. The Bandersnatch, uh, I, you know, I dig that they tried to think of something new, but why do they have Dalsam fucking arms? Like, yeah, that wasn't really, they never really, that's something this game kind of lacked a little bit compared to others. They never really tried to explain some of the monsters as much. Mm -hmm. I mean, granted, there, there weren't very many, uh, unique ones a lot of them were made by accident including a bandersnatch because apparently a bandersnatch is made when they try to make a tyrant and it fails <laughs> fucking bastards pretty much that's yeah. what they are <laughs> pretty much so it's like oh this one's fucked well, let's put them in a cryopod maybe we'll use them to kill people later yeah <laughs> and then you know you, you know your hunters are like like giant sized frogs you, ha you know your lickers are uh, rats uh, a zombie is a zombie but a bandersnatch Fuck that. You just... Dalsam arms, yogurt-looking motherfuckers. Looks like you it looks like you melted a zombie and then gave him a stretchy arm. Have you ever burned, a, like, a WWF uh, action figure that in the 90s and it, like, melted the, the face? Oh, I was going to say I burned a, a John Cena action figure back when I used to... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never done that. But, like, yeah, melting the action figure... It's like, what the fuck? You remember that show Kablam on Nickelodeon? Yeah, I was just the, thinking of that. 
I can't remember the the action figure's name, the one that's all melted. Mm-hmm. I can't remember it, but yeah, that's what I'm thinking of right now. It's like that, and that's I was like, man, you fucking can blam. <laughs> the first, yeah. Uh, the one thing that pissed me off is their security system, where you had to put all your uh, weapons in a box and go into a a section of the map where there's enemies and you pretty much had to dodge them. I mean, that's me complaining because I'm not really good at games sometimes, but like, <laughs> but like I, I was like how how am I going to defend myself? I understand I have to run away, but this is Resident, Resident Evil motherfucker, give me something. And I uh, kind of didn't really mind that cuz it's kind it, it kind of challenged you a little bit. It wasn't that bad. I was able to get past it. I don't know about you. Certain times I got past it. I mean, I had to do it because you had to use that 3D printing machine in mm-hmm. c- certain parts. Um, yeah, and I'm trying to think what else is different. The the, the map is huge. Um, the the graphics, uh, like we said, is uh, live dynamic. Uh, fuck it, yeah, it, it's a full 3D game. None yeah. of the backdrops are pre-rendered anymore. Like they don't have like a high-resolution uh, picture. Lighting. Yeah, there's dynamic lighting. Although I think the lighting's a bit weird in some in some of these areas. It doesn't make any sense. It's weird on the PS4 version too. So it's, it's just part of the game. I don't think they ever fix it. The Dreamcast is like that. So, but it, um, it was very foggy. It, it reminded me of Silent Hill sometimes. I wonder if they were trying yeah. to copy a little bit of Silent Hill uh, atmosphere. Uh, I don't. I don't think so because if you know anything about Silent Hill's development, you know that they they made up the fog to kind of mask the PS One's you know deficiencies in terms of like rendering draw distance, mm-hmm. so that it would it made a creepy effect. It was something that unnerved you more because you couldn't see ahead, but it also just made it to where like in some of those early three D games, you can just like what the hell? It just the graphics just stop. So you, you don't see that now because of the fog. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it also can help frame rate and whatnot. So I think they did that probably to help the frame rate a little bit in Code Veronica or something. Just make it easier for the game to run. I and believe. they might have hide some stuff that they... You know when you uh, mess something up... Uh, I'm, trying to think, I'm trying to think of an analogy here. Uh... Like you're drawing a picture and you spilled some, you know, soup or whatever you're eating on the picture, and you just have to like find the color to blend in <laughs> whatever you spilled on your your drawing. I feel like that's what they did in Code Veronica. Like something was out, like noticeable. So they're like, let's put some fog in there to kind of like blur out <laughs> that spot that we can't really talk about. Uh, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think it's more just to help with uh, j- just the resources the game's pulling, kind of mm-hmm. make it run smoother. Um, other than that, I know that the yeah because of the three fully three D environments, they have it to where the camera isn't totally fixed anymore. Mm-hmm. It does; it's still mostly fixed, but it can kind of f- follow you, like it'll pan and it can kind of sweep a little bit, and it kind of gives the game a little bit more of a dynamic look yeah like an example like if you remember in the old games like if there was like a dead end and that camera couldn't go in that section uh 
in res and you're pretty much shooting off camera. Uh, in this one, if there's like a dead end and a little section, the camera moves with you to go. It's my I just bumped my microphone. Um, <laughs> Uh, the camera moves with you to go in that section so it sees what you're shooting at rather than shooting blindly, which is good. Sometimes you still end up in spots where you shoot blindly. Mm-hmm. Cause it still wanna, happens. Because you want to get these enemies out of your fucking face. <laughs> uh, yeah. Then, other than those things, the only other thing... These are minor, but they're mostly gameplay things. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the addition of dual wielded handguns uh it, which yeah <laughs> it it it's cool at first you're like yeah man i'm shooting dual wheel just like halo and then it's like uh this came out before halo <laughs> i know i'm just using an example for the the little kids okay <laughs> what, what other game had dual wielding during that time was this the first <laughs> no no like Goldeneye on N64 had dual wielding. Oh, and I think Max Payne had dual wielding, too. Well, Goldeneye is, like, predates both of those games. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think Goldeneye definitely had it. Uh, I think Duke Nukem uh, on N64 had it before that came out, even. Uh, oh, thank you. I gotta get Duke Nukem for 64 since my 64 is hooked up. <laughs> oh, yes, it's a sweet one. Fuck but, uh... Yeah, like when man, when I found out, oh my god, you dual wield pistols this game, like that's a fucking badass, yes. You know, and then in practice though, when you actually do it, it's mm -hmm. sometimes it can be helpful, uh, sometimes it can be a hindrance. Uh, like if you go into a room full of enemies, it's a target rich environment. You know, uh, you're splitting your your uh, firepower, and you're doing like half as much damage to like two different enemies. They could mob you. Mm -hmm. And it felt, if it's, it felt weird how they were holding it, too. Yeah, sometimes they held it awkwardly. And then, depending on enemies, it could be even worse. If you're in a room and there's, like, two snatches, they're going to fucking hit you a couple times if you're dual-wielding pistols. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, not to mention, if there was an environmental thing, like a C4 strapped to his back for some reason. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there's multiple zombies that have just C4 packs strapped to them, like... Like, fucking Snake put a C4 on their back and they didn't realize it. Or something. <laughs> I, it's pretty much like they were trying to think of different things to do with the zombies, which I appreciate. Because there, there's a point where you're just like, oh, these are just zombies, it's going to be easy. But these zombies, zombies, these zombies have fucking C4. Oh, and these zombies have parasites that jump out at you. And These just, zombos have night vision goggles for no reason. Yeah, and it's just like, holy shit, <laughs> zombies are fucking hard now, again. Which I totally appreciate, but then I didn't appreciate that they respawned them, so... It was like a catch-22. Yeah, if you're, you're splitting your aim, though, and there's like an environment... Potentially mess yourself up, too. By, like, prematurely setting off a barrel or something. Like, you just go in a room, and you, you, your immediate reaction is to, like, go ahead and start shooting, and you're like, oh shit, there's a barrel, you're too late. Mm -hmm. you're, you're probably going to damage yourself. Yeah, I did that twice. I hit a barrel and I'm like, fuck! Yeah. <laughs> imagine having dual-wheeled uh, grenade launchers. Oh, shit. Beyond Dual-wheeled magnums. Oh, fuck, dude. There's Barry <laughs> Burton when you need him. <laughs> he has this. This kills living things. 
Um, the, the, but, the only other thing I can remember that is different is the fact that the the main characters share the item box together. Um, so that's kind of like pre precursoring the Resident Evil Zero, I'm guessing. Somewhat, yeah, somewhat, but like that, that's also a problem in this game, too, if you never played it before. Mm -hmm. Because if you go in this game and you don't know that, and you don't know that because nowhere does the game tell you that. Not in the manual, not there's no fucking tutorial because this is 1999. And like you're, you just play through the game, and then it gets to a point to where you get ready to switch to Chris, but your instincts that you build up from playing this, these games, you recognize beats in the progression of the game. You get to a point where you're playing as Claire and you're getting ready to switch where you're like, I know I'm getting ready to fight a boss. So you grab all of your shit mm -hmm. and you go and you fight the boss and then you kill the boss and then you go to play as Chris and then he's an idiot and he drops his bag full of guns. <laughs> and then you, you get to an item box and then you don't have shit. Yep. <laughs> you have nothing. <laughs> Yeah, and there were times where just like I would mess up the eye. Your inventory management becomes out the window because you're sharing and stuff, and it really yeah. bothered me uh, when I first played it back then. When I played it on the PS2, because that's that was the first time I played it. I there, didn't play. There's but, nothing wrong with having that idea in the game. It's the problem that they don't ever tell you that. Mm-hmm. You, you don't ever know it. The, the instructions don't even tell you about it. So the first time you play, you're going to make that mistake. Uh, it's I don't know. It's, it it felt like they didn't really think it through all the way, and yet you you can mess your you can fuck your game up potentially by just because of that. Yeah, because there was a part where uh, Zach never got up to the part where he met the mini albinoids. I by accident ended up in the operating room where albinoids started raining on me and uh he never got there because this this map is so fucking confusing to the point where we both had to get strategy guys he scored on uh, uh the magazine for dreamcast and i had to go on fucking game facts to go where do i go why am i lost like, if, if you play other Resident Evil games, when you got lost, you go, oh, I mean, I can go look at a strategy guide, but I could just backtrack to where I came from and, you know, go through a different door and find your way. In this one, you could backtrack to another part of the area, but still get lost in that area where you just still don't know where to go. You'd be like, oh, that door's locked, that door's locked, that door's locked, but this one's open, but you're still going through the same area. And then you find out, like, on the other side of the map, there's one door behiding, uh, behind a pillar. And you go, yeah. oh, oh, that's the door I need to go through. And you don't find that out until, like, literally an hour later because you're just walking and going through the hallways of respawned enemies. And it, it's just very time-consuming. Yeah, the level design in this game isn't as strong as in the past three games that come before it at all. Mm -hmm. part of that is yeah just the planning like you know where they're putting doors where they're putting key items where they're putting oh I know to interact with this item like I know to interact with this and that they don't stand out as much anymore because it used to be like in the pre-rendered backgrounds you could see when some you could interact with something because it would stick out mm -hmm. 
they would have like a big light or there's like a computer and the monitor's on and you oh i can go fuck with that you know mm-hmm. it was easy to, it was easy to tell when you were supposed to do something but in this where it's all 3d i don't think they really accounted for that and sometimes you don't realize you're supposed to interact with something it's you you lose your uh you know it loses the ability to point that out to you. It's lost in translation. Yeah, and it definitely tappers with the disgust of the game. Again, I still, <laughs> I still have a nostalgia go, uh, going. Oh, I remember playing this back in the day. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. But as a person, as an adult now that has limited time, uh, playing this game was really, really nerve-wracking to the point where I was just like, I need to take a break. (laughs) I had to take a break a couple times, but like, it wasn't just, it was just because of a couple instances that has to do with this game's design in general. Some of the things they do are just like messed up and I don't understand why they did the things they did. Um, Like, going back real quick to the level design, like another thing was, is in this game, like while it's full 3D and some of the stuff looks good, Mm -hmm. I do think another thing that's lost is that the environments aren't as memorable as they are in the old games. Uh, like they're not as strange looking or, you know, you know, like the mansion, everybody knows that, that you play Resident Evil one, you know, the mansion, you, you can close your eyes and you can like think about the map and you just know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other areas in the game are smaller anyway. So it's not like they're going to be really hard to memorize. The mansion's the biggest area in that game. Yeah. Um, the police station. Everybody knows the police station. Everybody remembers it. The labs in Resident Evil 2. Mm-hmm. Raccoon City is big and sprawling, but you never get confused and lost in it in Resident Evil 3. Because mm-hmm. everything's really distinct. Like, you know, oh, there's this weird building here. Oh, this is that area where, like, you're kind of, like, in a weird square or there's the police station, you know, there's landmarks to go off of that are like really distinct and you can remember them. Yeah. But, none, of, none of this is very remembering. It's kind of like, do I go here? I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like that's pro- a lot of the environments in this game are kind of bland. And I, I don't know if it's because it's a 3d or it's because of just the design. Like they didn't think to try to jazz it up more. The only areas that are real memorable in this game are the ones that have to do anything that's in like a mansion environment. Like, the palace on Rockford Island, uh, where you first encounter Alfred, is memorable. Mm-hmm. And then their their little mansion on the hill that you go to is memorable. It's also creepy as shit, because there's, like, a giant doll Can you hanging it? from the ceiling for some reason. Yeah, there was, like, <laughs> there was a lot of creepy moments, to the, the dolls, the, the paintings and stuff, and uh-huh. the weird incest that was happening. Um, I don't know that it was incest or not, but it's, it was weird. It was highly <laughs> implied. Yeah, yeah. It could You could definitely see that. But <laughs> To the point where like, he had to dress up like his, his sister. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a whole other deal, getting into that stuff. But, like, then, like, the, the last area that's real memorable is, like, the, uh, the copy of the mansion in the Antarctic base. There's, like kind of a partial copy of the Resident Evil 1 mansion there. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not exact, but what a mansion. Uh, yeah, there's 
it sticks out though because it's kind of weird it's the thing like they could have done better to like make the environments more memorable and distinct instead of like there's just oh there's walls this is just a building there's just there's bullshit on shelves here and i, I don't know yeah i don't know what else to co compare about this game i think we hit all the high notes of it uh, it it tr it definitely tried to be different. I'll, I'll give them that, but at what yeah. cost? <laughs> yeah, at what cost? Because there's sometimes they it's either they didn't remember some of the things that uh, helps make the game successful and memorable, like you know trying to keep the environments interesting, visually mm -hmm. st stimulating and interesting, or. Uh, among other things, just like, I don't know, like, you should have that reward of when you clear a room, you know it's clear, and you spent the resources to make it clear. Yeah. You know? There's that satisfaction, like, I did it, you know, I fuck, I had to spend some resources, but this area is safe. That's not the case in this game. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Very... I will say this is, we highly judged this game uh, a, little, a little harsher than the other ones. Mm -hmm. But again, doesn't mean that we fucking totally hate it because there are other games that are really, really garbage, but we still have respect for it because we do love Resident Evil. But, you know, it's good to uh, critique uh, the bad ones and still play them. I still, I still like this game. I don't think it's bad. I just think it's flawed. It has a lot of things wrong with it because mm -hmm. of the direction they took or whatever. Like, I don't know because there's not a lot of information about it out there. Mm -hmm. But... It, they, I don't. Yeah, it could have. It could have been better, but they did what they did, and this is what we got. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about uh, a little bit of writing and voice acting. Oh boy, <laughs> voice acting. Uh, uh, Steve, fuck you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Whoever did your voice was so annoying. And I don't know if they were trying to be like a WWE heel where, you know, like they <laughs> try to be annoying on purpose to kind of be hateful, but he was so, every time there was an interaction with Claire and Steve and to the point where the bad acting where Claire kind of started like falling in love with him was weird. I don't really think she ever fell in love with him. It was the other way with her and it was unrequited because she lar she largely like didn't get it <laughs> you know like you, she never she never knew the wiser really he, well when he turned into a mutant and stuff did like well she was just really sad that he died because you know that, that's the way i saw it because it was like he's like i love you and then he fucking dies which is like really <laughs> funny <laughs> he didn't have the balls to try to say anything to her before but like oh i'm fucking dying i may as well do it now <laughs> Well, I'm this terrible thing. I love you. <laughs> but, but, like... And Chris is like, just, we need to get the fuck out of here. He's like, let's go, all right? You're, no, you're not getting with him. I, I don't, uh... I don't approve. I don't approve of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a good big brother would say. But, um... Like, to me, it was just, like, she was kind of just sad because he di he died really violently. Like, you know, they survived together. They, they kind of got on friendlier terms as they went because he stopped being as much of a dick. Mm hmm You know? They saved each other's asses a few times. So, like, I get that. You know, oh, yeah, she could she could be really upset because somebody just died in front of her uh -huh. pretty violently. <laughs> but I don't, yeah, I don't think she was uh, catching on to 
him having a, a big crush on her. The voice acting was just fucking... I... Like, after 2 and 3, you're kind of like, oh, they're kind of getting a little better. And then it's just mm. like, Code Veronica, they were just like, fuck it. Let's just be campy as fuck in this it, one. Overall, this game's voice acting is worse than all the other games that come before it, except maybe one. But see, one is weird. It occupies a unique space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it is so bad that it's good. Yeah, it's kind of like it, the room. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, see, with this, it's it's in a tougher situation because, like, we go from that, and you go to one and two, and it's improving. Mm-hmm. So, like, a trend starts where it's getting better, and then we drop off again, sharp. Because, <laughs> like, to me, the only people that did a good job was like uh, Allison Court, who plays Claire. She did fine. She did. She did good. Chris was okay. He was serviceable. He was okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought he sounded a little wooden sometimes. Um, and then that guy that plays Rodrigo, the the dude that captures Claire and then lets her go, uh, yeah. he, he was pretty. He was pretty good too. Everybody else is god awful. That includes Wesker. <laughs> yes, and Alfred with the fucking dolphin laugh. <laughs> I can do it. I can do it. Get ready? your ears ready. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's exactly like how it is. Welcome, Claire, to your doom. Yes, it's like it's that's that's him. That's what? not an exaggeration. That's what this fucking character sounds like. Oh my god! And I remember when this first came out because this is the part where I was like, you know, Resident Evil One, Two, and Three were campy as fuck, too. But this was beyond campy. I was like, what is happening? Why is that guy a dolphin? Why is Albert Wesker? <laughs> Uh, like why a, is he a cross-dressing dolphin? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why is Albert Wesker like Terminator? Um, he's not just Terminator. He turns into like a ridiculous, like supervillain bad guy. Like it was that part where like Wesker finds Chris, he finds out Chris is on the island. He's like, "What? Chris is here too?" And then he decides to send hunters after him with drones. Then he does the evil laugh. The <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? He was he was <laughs> he was Neo before Neo. Oh my God! It was just like what the f- why is Wesker like Wesker just did like an M Bison laugh? That's what he did. <laughs> like, it's the wrong game, guys. <laughs> and then there was like a uh, one of the boss battles where you're fighting Alexia on the stairs. Yeah. And I was like, why is her feet turning fire? <laughs> like, yeah, like where she walks, there's fire because she has pyrokinesis all of a sudden because mm-hmm. of viral shit. I don't know. I, I thought Wesker's mutations made more sense at least because, like, when you learn like what happens to Wesker, which was supposed, which it was like an extra thing that came with Code Veronica X or some shit. There's it's called the Wesker. Mm-hmm. Um, explains what happens, like, because like back when this game was new, everybody's like, "What the hell? Wesker's here. He died." You know, you know it. It didn't make any sense. So they explained it in this little additional thing that he apparently ejected himself with some kind of virus that activated when he died and it, it successfully like mutated him. Mm-hmm. But he was able to like keep his humanity for the most part other than he has cat eyes now. Um, so technically but, he's like Alice in the movie. Uh, yeah, a- actually, that could have been where they got that. Probably. Like Wesker's just... He's just enhanced. He's like faster and stronger than a normal human. Uh, and they go way over the top with it. Five. 
Yeah, so definitely, like, this game, I was like, it's starting to get a little weird than usual for a Resident Evil game, and especially, um, with, like, it was kind of leaning towards a lot of action, but still being the same survival horror that is in 1, 2, and 3, so it didn't go too far, like, even though 4 is a good game, but it didn't go that far yet, which obviously they do at some point. Um, yeah. But yeah, the voice acting and the writing, the lines in general in this game were just garbage. Don't worry, Claire. Your knight in shining armor is here. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Like, what the fuck? Like, that that was a Resident Evil 1 worthy line, but like, it, it doesn't, it doesn't have the luxury of being Resident Evil 1. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it, it's just really annoying in this game. Everybody talks weird except for Claire and Chris and Rodrigo. They're like the only seemingly normal people in this game. But, but Steve? No. He was just God. trying he was trying to get Claire's heart and Claire just pretty much friend-zoned him to the point where he became a mutant. It's funny cuz at first he like doesn't want anything to do with her. He's like you only slow me down cuz you're a girl, eh? Take <laughs> off, hoser. You know? <laughs> Because he's also really Canadian, by the way. We <laughs> oui, we oui. um, oui, no, no, not French Canadian, just Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, she pretty much tells her to take off a, eh? and it's really funny because like, actually that's like a terrible idea because she has like he wouldn't know this, but she has fucking experience in this kind of situation already. And you're, you're a girl. Girls don't allow to be here. Get you away. You know what happens is more often than not, she ends up saving his ass and taking care of his dumb ass. Like it's pretty much she's on another babysitting mission, except instead of a child, it's like a fucking like teenager man baby or some shit. So you, you so you see SJWs? Fucking Capcom did it before it was cool. They they're the hipsters of making men look like idiots. <laughs> well, I mean, some men are idiots. Just flat out, this guy would be one of them. Mm -hmm. So. <laughs> Like, it's, that's just a fact. People are stupid. Claire is strong <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I always thought she was a an example of a good, strong female character that's not, like, strong, you know? Mm -hmm. But, um, like, like, there's that, and then Alfred is, like, fucking off the rails ridiculous. Uh, like... He's got that that voice, and then he apparently has multiple personality disorder, and he cross dresses to that point where he he has a split identity, mm -hmm. and that is really funny when it happens. It made me laugh out loud with the scene where it's revealed that that happens. Yeah, and because he's like, he like he attacks them like they're standing in a room or some shit. And he's standing up on top of a bed or something. <laughs> and he jumps down, he's like, ah! he like tries to get them. And then like, I don't know, like Steve kicks him or some bullshit. Then he like lands in front of a mirror and he sees himself and he has like lipstick on and eyeshadow. Mm -hmm. And it's like, he's shocked. And he's like, he realizes what's happened. And then he's like, ah! and he like runs out. Like it's literally what this, that's the scene. <laughs> this guy is the antagonist and he's a fucking joke. Yeah, he's the main bad guy pretty much. He's pretty much the main bad guy for like half half of the game. Mm -hmm. 
And then, like, then Alexia comes in, she's boring. It's just, like, she seems like a fucking anime villain, but she's not as well executed as an anime villain is. Like, a, t a stereotypical, that's kind of boring anime villain. Because she's all like, oh, I want to, like, I'm going to rule this world. I'm going to create it, recreate it in my own image and shit. Blah, blah. And she, like, hates people, and she's, like, a sociopath. It's whatever. That's what Resident Evil... <laughs> does that kind of pisses me off a little bit is like they have these people that have a little more powers than usual and go i'm gonna change the world <laughs> and then we kill them <laughs> like, well it used, it used to not be like that though that's the thing because it's like that, that's the point i was getting ready to make is that i'm gonna say something prop kind of controversial i think mm -hmm. which is like you said you you thought resident evil 2 and 3 were pretty campy i don't really think so there's some camp elements left in them but they you can take their stories more seriously yeah uh but like one pre-campy that's undeniable that's part of the appeal to it uh and that's mostly just because the acting and script if you take that away from it it's a fairly serious sci-fi horror story mm -hmm. really uh like the files and stuff that comes across in that and two and three solid real solid they're getting better Three, or not three, uh, Code Veronica is even campier and silly than what Resident Evil 1 is, by far. Yeah, and that's pretty accurate because, you know, after all those games and how they were getting better, for them to, like, <laughs> for example, uh, <laughs> sorry for bringing wrestling in again, it's kind of like bringing, uh, you know, NXT, they're doing really great with those those wrestlers and they bring them to the main roster and they, then they become like the viking experience <laughs> they goof them up somehow yeah yeah but i yeah it's just it's really weird to see that happen like like now that i'm playing it with i don't know a more a critic not i don't want to call it jaded but i've i've experienced a lot more things in my life now mm -hmm. you've seen some shit i have different yeah i've seen some shit brother but <laughs> i've different levels of expectations for things in general now and i'm like i love this series but like now I, I still like this game i still think it's good but this is an area where it fails really big to me is the story and the writing and and the story is what makes the resident Evil games really good in my opinion it does people joke oh this is a story fuck cares about that shit but like I mean, you need it. That's that provides the backdrop for like everything that you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, and what's really funny though is when you learn that they, when they went to make this game, this might lead into like what you were saying about how like you found out that they were trying to do different stuff with this game. Um, apparently, they let the game's writing get handled by a company called uh, I think it was called Flashpoint or something, okay. and. Their, their whole purpose was they were, did, like, professional script writing for games that would improve video game store quality, or, or story quality, excuse me. And, <laughs> and when you hear that, when you read that, and this is, this is legit, and you play this game, that makes zero sense <laughs> that, that that's what happened. Because it didn't get improved, and it didn't feel professional. It felt fucking ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it hurts it. Like, again, going back to my childhood, or teenagehood, whatever, um, 
when I first played it, I didn't think about this. Like, I was like, oh, it's another Resident Evil. Cool. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of accepted it for what it is. And you gotta think, we had more time when we were, uh, you know, teenagers and shit. Like, we could sit down till 7 a.m. in the morning and try to beat it. Uh, when you're an adult, it's a whole different story uh, of trying to quickly beat this game to the point where shit's getting in your way and the story's kind of like tiring you out. But like, ha, I get it, he's a cross-dresser dolphin <laughs> sounding guy. <laughs> so, like, it didn't catch my attention. And kind of giving you foreshadowing, this might be ranked low for me uh which we'll, we'll get down there later in the final countdown oh but yeah it's definitely not in the top five i'll tell you that no not for me either <laughs> mm -hmm. all right you ready to move on to the Wesco report i i'm ready sorry i'm sorry i ran it but like it felt like it was important so. <laughs> no we had to get that out of the way yeah now this is going to be a little bit quick because i there's a lot of things I don't like about it, and very few things that I do like about it. So I think we're going to be pretty quick on these sections. Uh, different versions. So you had the Dreamcast, you had PS2, and I believe mm -hmm. they re-released it on PS3 and PS4. Did they do Xbox? Original Xbox? Uh, no, there was a GameCube version. Oh, you had a GameCube version. It, it was also X. Code Veronica X was the PS2 and GameCube version. Mm-hmm. And like the big di the difference between those is um, apparently some cutscenes and stuff couldn't make it in because of deadlines, and so they made they called it the complete version. I think that's what they called it in Japan, mm -hmm. and they brought it here. It's just X. Like all it is is they add like maybe 10, 15 minutes worth of cutscenes to the game, something like that. And there's like a there's a part where you have a boss fight with Wesker, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, the boss fight wasn't that great. <laughs> yeah, it's I've played both versions, and I, it, to me, there wasn't enough different about X, mm -hmm. and I thought the Dreamcast version looked better. And plus, it's to me, it's still a Dreamcast game. It's it's what it was for. It was what it was intended to be. Um, yeah. Let's talk some bonus modes in there. So obviously, battle mode but it did it come back. Mm -hmm. And uh, you could play as Claire, Wesker, uh, Chris. I think there was two versions of Claire. I think there was two versions of Chris, I think. And then you had Steve where you could use the Luger. Uh, you had unlocked Steve um, with a puzzle <laughs> in the game, uh, which was interesting. Yeah, that little pull-out drawer puzzle. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, that was a character I just didn't care about. <laughs> I no, no, nobody really likes Steve. Nobody really likes him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. And if you got an A rank on the game, you got a uh, rocket launcher. Mm -hmm. There's oh, there was also uh, in battle mode you could unlock the first person mode too. Oh yeah, I watched a video of that and I was like, oh, it looks so gross. It. <laughs> It's a bit strange, but I played it. It's kind of it's interesting to play. It's not bad or anything because it still has the auto aim and stuff. Mm -hmm. It does make it a little awkward when you fight certain bosses, uh, but it's kind of neat. Uh, it's a neat little novelty. Nice. 
Yeah, the rocket launcher, um, because I did get an A rank on it uh, when I was little. <laughs> so, yeah. I remember playing that and be like, oh, let me go through the game again. And I did, and it was a lot more easier because you had a rocket launcher. And I believe. I it, thought. What's up? I'll go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, the battle mode, you get like a linear launcher or something like that. And it was like they shot blue plasm or something. It was weird. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought they should have put the linear launcher as unlockable using the game because there wasn't a rocket launcher. That, that kind of took the place of it. Mm hmm. And it, I thought it was cool because it's like, oh, you use a little sniper scope and then you shoot. And it, yeah, it blows them away with like a plasma bolt or something. Yeah, so I will say the unlockables were, I mean, I, I appreciate that they were there. But nothing worthwhile now for me to go. I need to get the ranking so that I can get those unlockables. I just didn't care for them <laughs> for now. But like back then, I did. So it's I like good. I like playing battle mode just because uh, it's kind of a no strings attached mode that you can play in this game, and it, it takes away a lot of the annoying things about the game. And like especially after you played it already. And you're you're familiar with it again. It's it's quirks and all that. Like it's kind of fun just to go around and just mow mow enemies down and not have to worry. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. it's kind of a stress relief exercise in this game. Yeah, I mean, it, it's unlockables. I mean, were there any costumes that were unlockables? I don't remember. No, other than the, like the that alternate version of Claire and battle mode and stuff. That's weird. Yeah, usually they have costumes. What the fuck, Capcom? Couldn't give us costumes? I don't know. Yeah, that's that's. There's another thing that you know that's been in every game, and then it's not in this one for some reason. Yeah, it's weird. Um, let's move on to some good side stories or or journals or diaries that you found in the game. Did 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 anything pop out at you? Um, I kind of like the little story with Rodrigo because that, that's, I don't know. I felt like it, it, it did what it needed to do, which was like, oh, that's the guy that captured you. It turns out he's not a huge asshole. Mm -hmm. If you play the game correctly, <laughs> you can find some medicine for him to, to ease his pain and, you know, it helps him out. And then he gives you a lockpick and it enables you to unlock some other shit later. He's a cool cat. He's a cool guy. He just dies horribly anyway because that war beats it. Bomb, kill it. With us. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, but, he was like, we're gonna die here. So Claire, you're free to go. If you don't give him the hemostat, you just find him dead as Chris. He's just like laying in that fucking dirt or some shit. He's like, oh, this guy's dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's like really unceremonious. <laughs> uh, other than that, the file I like is the one where you find the file for, like, the island physician or some shit. He's like a doctor. Mm -hmm. And it turns out this guy is insane, and he loves to torture people, and he has a torture basement. And he, he talks about how him and Alfred love torturing people together. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so off-the-rails crazy that it was, like, actually kind of entertaining. It's Other than that, I thought... Weird. It's weird. There was a torture basement in this game. I mean, you know, the the police chief built a fucking torture basement in his office. 
he, he built a secret passage with a medieval torture basement. He and he talked. He he wanted to stuff people. Chief Irons must have went to fucking this place and been like, "Man, I need this in my office." And then, I, yeah, they built it. <laughs> umbrella yeah. just attracts crazy people. Apparently, you damn fucking straight about that. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Other than that, that's all I had. Yeah. Um, for the rest, most part, I thought the rest of them were just kind of meh. Yeah, nothing really came out. I mean, the, the only journal I kind of liked was, and it's strictly nostalgia, that you found Hunk's, Hunk's report where he's like, oh, we need to like transport this uh, this strand of virus and stuff. Can we do it at this time? Thank you. <laughs> it's nothing really, like, nothing really big in any way. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, we're like, you find the file. I mean, I found it. I just forgot that's what that was because it was just... It's so nonchalant. It's just like, hey, I, we're going to transport this thing? Okay, great. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you kind of learn like, that, oh, yeah, Hunk trained at this facility, so... Yeah, and I was kind of like, oh, it's Hunk. I remember yeah. that guy. And then, like, the other ones, the other, like, diaries and journals and stuff, I was like, oh, boring, boring, who gives a fuck? Oh, this guy's weird because he's he's a fucking uh, cross-dresser? Okay, cool. <laughs> like, I kind of noticed that by hearing him talk and look how he looks and his obnoxious dolphin laugh that he does. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, that, that fucking. I failed that. I'm never trying that again. <laughs> I'll do it for you. Don't worry. Okay. Um. Just, just let me know when, and I'll do it. Cool. Uh. I think the what, the other scene that I liked was pretty much when Steve dies. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me laugh for some reason. Because <laughs> I hate him, I think. Because I cheered so loud when he died, and I was like, finally! And, I, I don't know, I thought it was pretty cool that they, he did turn into like a mutant and stuff, but at the same time, he was still acting like a bitch. And I was like, Good for you. Die. <laughs> get out of my, get out of my game. I don't want you here anymore. And then I was like, thank God Chris is here to, to guide Claire out of this whatever relationship that is happening right now, because she does cry. And I was like, why are you crying? <laughs> this is, uh, yeah, I don't know. You got, you got to go with Cleon. Cleon all the way. And an another person That's you literally met today, and you just care like. You know, uh, you've seen him for like five years. Look, he was amusing to her at best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, annoying at worst, amusing at best. Yeah, just terrible. <laughs> terrible. Alright, let's move on. Personal stories. Do you have any personal stories about this game? Um... This game really made me want to get a Dreamcast really bad, besides, like, Sonic Adventure. Mm -hmm. um, like those two games were just it, it made it it put a burning like sensation in my soul where I was like I must get this system for these games I have to do it and I think that yeah the Dreamcast was the first system I bought with my own money the first I, I, one. I saved allowance for it and everything and I bought my own because my dad refused to buy it because uh, he bought the Saturn and shortly, like just a year or two after he bought it, you know, they, the Saturn died in the, the U.S. Mm -hmm. 
And that always left a bad taste in his mouth. He's like, I'm not buying any more Sega shit after that. Because, I mean, I, I understand. Because, you know, it's like he's, you know, he's working. And the Saturn was expensive. It was like $400 when it came out. What was the Dreamcast? How much did they cost when it came out? Oh, man, I think they were like 200 or 250 They weren't that much. Man, very, very cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was, that was next-gen, too. It was a next-gen console. <laughs> God damn it. Now... You know, they're talking about like PS5 being like five, four or five hundred dollars or something like that. That's normal now, though. Yeah. That doesn't really. It's when they say like 600, 700, that's when you start getting worried. <laughs> yeah, like PlayStation 3 when it was like seven hundred dollars when it first came out. 599 US dollars. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. Yeah, uh, nothing really personal about me. I just picked it up at Blockbuster. And, oh, uh, Blockbuster. Yeah. Back when, you know, people used to rent games now, uh, you know, in real life, not in the fucking system or Redbox. <laughs> I wish we still had Blockbuster. Dude, I, th- there's one Blockbuster that's still alive. I, I, I think it's like Indiana or something like that. It's in Utah. Utah, yeah. It was one of those Midwest states. Um, it's, people buy shit there, dude. Like, they still go there. And I'm like... Just bring it back. See what happens. Because I think there's still. I think there could still be like a, a brick and mortar for like renting movies because it, people want that experience though. Where you can just kind of go to the video store and browse and then like just rent it. Just you know, people just, people still want that experience. Oh, I just hit my microphone again. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hitting the mic. It, it, a little side rant here, um, because I got a new desk and everything. The thickness of the desk, um, you know, the clamp of my mic arm, doesn't fit on the desk. So I have it ghetto rigged on some type of tripod that is not supposed to be for a mic. <laughs> Might have to look into an alternative or something. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking to get like a, a broadcaster headset, pretty much. Yeah. But anyway, like. Rant on like Blockbuster now. Um, I I like when I rent stuff on PlayStation and then, like I rent it for a day. It doesn't feel like I rent it. It's weird. Like no, you don't. You don't it have feels to- like you just threw money into like the ether and then you were able to do something for like a little while. That was it. Yeah, I just hate the convenient <laughs> stuff. Like I miss. I think we need this. I think we need to get out of our house, people. I think we need to go to, like, a blockbuster, converse with social society, and be like, hey, hey, sir or ma'am, ma'am, can I rent this game or, uh, you know, movie? Is this movie good? Like, now it's, now it's like I have to go on Twitter and be like, is this movie good? And then people be like, you're, you're an idiot. Why you, why you want to watch that movie? It's so gay. And I'm like, <laughs> I just I just want to watch a movie. Can I just watch a movie? I like how you said, I hate convenience. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here, folks. But it it it's making us dumb. I think, like, it, well, yeah, it, there's that argument about, like, oh, all the shit, the social media and stuff, and it stunts our social interaction and it. It generally makes everybody more anxious and depressed. I kind of believe that. That's why I don't really get too into that stuff. So, I want you guys, our fans that listen to us, and even you, Zach, 
I want you to go to a restaurant. And you probably, in your group of friends, you guys probably talk to each other at a restaurant. But just to look at other tables. I want to say at least 75% of the people at the tables are looking at their phones. And casually, sometimes, saying something. It's weird. Yeah. and It is weird. It, it's like people are zombies, dude. And Oh my god. And you said it. People are zombies, brother. Oh, I made that pun. Did Red Evil <laughs> podcast? Oh boy. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's my side t- tangent. Bring back Blockbuster. I don't even care if it's Blockbuster. It could be fucking a mama papa shop that is doing like renting uh, movies and games and shit. That would be pretty cool. But then again, people are just be like, oh, I can just get it on a rent box. Why go to a fucking computer and shit or a robot? telling you what to do have a person tell you uh if a movie is good or not cinemassacre video brother that's what you got have you seen do you watch the cinemassacre channel that much the avgn channel sometimes not uh, religiously have you have you seen the videos where it's called like uh oh damn i don't know he has like a series of videos where it's like him and some of his buddies that just talk about a movie or something about movies and The set is like set up. He's got like a room in his house that's set up like a video rental store. I shit you not. See, that's interesting. And, and it's like it's the the whole gag with the uh, you know series of videos is that these guys come to the Cinemasker video rental store and sit around and talk about a movie. Those were the days, dude. That's you might like that. You should check it out. Like I've been watching it recently. They're pretty. They're pretty good. Yeah. And that's my personal story. <laughs> I rented that blockbuster. And it and, had almost nothing to do with the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing was, I was like, I didn't know this game was out. Like, I never looked into news besides getting the, you know, the uh, Game Pro magazine sometimes and going, oh, there's a game coming out? That's cool. All like, you had was printed word. And if you had the internet, you had that too. Mm-hmm. That's not if, like, your, you know, dial-up speed uh, loaded the fucking pages, too. Yeah. So, like, compared to now where I know everything that's happening in the gaming industry at my fingertips compared to back then, I would just stroll down, you know, the the gaming section of Blockbuster and go, Oh, this is a new Resident Evil. Let me go check this out. And I rented it, and I played it, and I actually extended it, uh... I had my dad go to Blockbuster, or you just held on to it, and then they just charged you again. Uh, and yeah, that, that's my story. <laughs> there you have it. Bring back Blockbuster, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to Chris. Chris's bags of guns that he oh drops. The part where Chris fucks up. The Chris curse continues. Mm-hmm. So this section is, uh, we're going to kind of do a lightning round because it's pretty much, we went through a lot of info in the other sections, so this should be easy to answer. Um, who do you prefer to play as, Claire or, uh, Chris? Uh, probably Claire because I like, I mean, I I like her anyway, but, Mm -hmm. um, she had a better slightly better weapon loadout just slightly because uh like chris gets the shotgun stuff claire gets the shotguns nerfed in this game by the way (laughs) 
Oh yeah, it feels it like it feels like it does less damage. And then for for some insane reason, I don't know why, you can't blow up zombies' heads anymore. Yeah, I Even, noticed that, and I tried to do that when I played again. I was like, why ain't this working? <laughs> it's like it's like you you'll aim up, you'll do the aim up trick to shoot them in the head, and it still makes the sound, and you know, gore flies out, but their <laughs> heads are still there. <laughs> it almost oh, yeah, feels they, like a mistake. They, I've heard they've made the enemies, the zombies harder when you shoot them, and even though you shoot them in the head, they lunge forward to kind of like attack you. Yeah, they lunge more in this game. Some of them move fast too, actually. Um, yeah. But like the Magnum doesn't even do that. The Magnum won't even blow their heads up. Uh, <laughs> but like, uh, like yeah, you get the bow gun stuff, but. Claire's handgun's even more inter interesting. She has, like, this special Beretta that only had, like, a limited run where it can shoot in, like, three-round bursts and shit. You can get the upgrade for it, and that's cool. Mm -hmm. Chris just has, like, you know, a Glock, and you can upgrade it, and it's called Enhanced Handgun after that. But, God damn it, you, I, I couldn't tell it was enhanced at all because there was no difference. <laughs> I feel like this game, they just kind of, like, we need to fuck with our fans. They they mastered the other games. Now let's just throw a curveball at them. I I tried I tried so hard to be able to tell if there was actually a difference in this gun being enhanced, and I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> it was it seemed like it did the same damage. It didn't pierce enemies or anything like that. You know, hit multiple enemies or something. It just it was the same. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you prefer to play as Claire, huh? I'm gonna have to agree with you. I I also like playing as Claire. I don't know what it is about Chris Redfield in this game. I just <laughs> didn't care for him, and I thought he was ditzy because he fucking dropped a bag of guns, and he was just like, literally, this is the game that would be honored in this political climate because Claire is pretty much the strong, independent woman <laughs> that is strong as fuck and smart as fuck. Just we didn't care about it back then. <laughs> yeah, it was just that was normal back then. If you had a good character, it was just a good character, and that was it. Mm -hmm. So Claire was a <laughs> no good, big deal. Claire was a good no character. big deal. Yeah. Plus, she was designed better. You know what? Chris looks weird in this game. He almost looks like it looks like his face is like made out of a potato. Then they like put the facial features on it. It just looks strange. Like you know, even when you're on the 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 press start screen, the splash image. He looks mm -hmm. weird. It looks like he was like a burn victim or some shit. I think Capcom just didn't know what to do with Chris. <laughs> they redesigning him every fucking game. We putting this. I mean, he still you, you, he still kind of resembles his original appearance. Sure, mm -hmm. it wasn't like where we go from like this to like Resident Evil Five, where it's like, oh my god, he's like a totally different character now. <laughs> Because you had Resident Evil 1 where it's just like, oh, it's kind of like a blurry face kind of thing. and uh, But you still had that, like, green vest kind of thing and everything. The spiked hair. Yeah. And then you had um, Code Veronica where you just look like he's seen some shit. <laughs> like, after Resident Evil 1 happened, he's like, I need to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and went to Europe and tried to fight Umbrella. And Umbrella, like rattled him to the point where he looks like fucking shit. He looks like a bird victim. Yeah, and then he might have been in a fire. <laughs> and then after that, in Resident Evil 5, he started to fucking do steroids and punch boulders as a, as a hobby. And 
they made him look strong as fuck because he's now he has to be the star again in the game. So they had to make him look somewhat <laughs> outrageous, I guess, or better. I mean, you had Chris in the remake, which was like, I guess, what they were really trying to shoot for in terms of his appearance. He just looked like a you know a normal guy, kind of tall, like he looked like he was somewhat in shape, mm-hmm. but pretty pretty average looking guy in terms of like you know ability or whatever you would think and then he goes from that to like uh chris redfield looks like a fucking wrestler now (laughs) (laughs) pretty much and then resident evil 7 where he's like um i i work for uh it uh make sure you put in the ticket for for this problem bob redfield yeah take this gun Wait until we get to that game, because I do love the game itself, but again, it's like Code Veronica, where they were just like, hey, you know Cloverfield? Let's make a movie with John Goodman being in a bunker in the Cloverfield universe. And that's how I felt about that Resident Evil 7. (laughs) It was just in the universe. Let's put Chris Redfield in there. It's a strange game in terms of that, in terms of like where it's supposed to sit and like all that stuff. I have no idea. I don't know. But... Mm-hmm. All right. Um, what's your favorite boss? Because uh, I don't have any of them, so I'm gonna tell you which one I I like. Hate? Oh, no, no. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you which one I uh, enjoyed. Okay. It's funny. Um, boss. Uh. I don't know, because, like, to me, honestly, none of them really stood out. I guess the only one that was, like, interesting to me was Alexander Ashford uh, at the end of Disc 1. Because if, you, if you're if you smart and you're not a dummy and you pick up the sniper rifle, it, mm. that makes it interesting. Because it's like, oh, my God, I have a sniper rifle in a Resident Evil game. And you're, like, looking through a scope. <laughs> it's just kind of crazy. Like, it's it's like a moment you never would really think would happen in one of these games. Mm-hmm. And it made it kind of unique for that. And it wasn't terror. It wasn't a really a frustrating, annoying boss either. It was just like shoot him in the heart a few times, if your aim's good, and you kill him. Yeah. Um, you you ready for mine? I'm ready. <laughs> Lay on me. The adult albinoid. Because <laughs> you literally do nothing. Yeah, you could just skip him if you wanted to. You could just take a little bit of electrical damage. Like you, just, you don't even have to fight him. You just got to get the item and get the fuck out of there. I killed him just because I wanted to kill it. <laughs> I, just, I wanted to. So. I did. A, I did the pacifist thing. I was like, oh, got what I needed. Bye. <laughs> and just the other one. The other bosses were just tedious and to the point of not being memorable at all. Um. The, the final battle, I just didn't feel like it was final at all. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm fighting Alexia. Cool. And like, it, yep. felt re- it felt really annoying and cheap because it just kept spawning all these little, I don't know, bug things that would, like, impale you with, like, weird tentacles. And then she would vomit uh, poison on you and then hit you with a tentacle. And there's just, like, three things attacking you at once all the time. It was just frustrating. Like, when you... When you face the tyrant in Resident Evil 1, you feel accomplished. You're like, oh man, that. Even though it was a short battle, like shooting that rocket launcher at uh, the tyrant was satisfying. Resident Evil 2, 
<laughs> William Birkin, after he was like his final form, like, oh shit, shit's about to go down. Very satisfying. Resident Evil 3, when you're being chased by Nemesis the whole time and then finally being the final form and killing him uh, at the end. Satisfying. Alexia, you're just like, that's it? Cool. I mean, I guess. Sure, I guess it's okay. <laughs> I just I just didn't feel satisfied at all. I'm like, you know, thank God it ended, I guess. But I'm... <laughs> <laughs> but I guarantee, like, teenage me was like, fuck yeah, Alexa, die, you bitch. And I, I probably didn't use that language back then, but, uh... Yeah. I don't know. Just the uh, the adult Avalonoid, uh... Is, is my favorite boss battle. <laughs> this game is really weird with the bosses, because there's several of them where you run away from just ignore them. I like... Like, you know the giant worm? That was like another... It's like, fucking run around it and ignore it. Mm-hmm. Or uh, the spider, the the big spider, when you get Alexander out of the ice is Chris. You can just run away. You don't have to fight that spider. <laughs> it's crazy. I think I think this was this was during a certain time where boss battles became obsolete at a point because yeah, um, when you start playing games, especially in the late '90s, early 2000s. Uh, boss battles became a joke like you had a main battle but they weren't called boss battles they were just like oh you're fighting this uh, power guy and all you gotta do is shoot the fuck me light and then he's done <laughs> and you know obviously it, it, boss battles started becoming a thing again now because of Dark Souls and uh, uh, other games that are out there that are you know hard as fuck and I kind of want to play them but I don't because they're super hard um, but they're yeah. not hard. I just gotta I, find I had, the rhythm. I, that's what it is. I, I've had a few buddies kind of school me on it. Really, what it is more patience and keeping your focus and not giving up mm -hmm. is what what it is. Yeah. So, like playing this game, because I like boss battles where you're trapped in a room with this thing and you need to kill it in order to advance. It's scary. It's like when you when you play the first game and you're stuck in that room with Plant 42. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh my, what the fuck? And it's like this giant monster. It has like a bunch of tentacle shits flying around everywhere and it's vomiting poison at you and you're stuck. You can't, you have to fight it. Or when you're, you know, you're playing Super Metroid and then you go into a certain area where there's a boss, you have to fight it in order to advance. Mm -hmm. This bullshit of being like, hey, there's a boss. You want to be cool and be all tough and try to fight it? Or are you a pussy and you just want to run away? But it's like, I, I, I kind of want to do it, but this game has been annoying, so I kind of just want to go around it. And I hit my mic again. God damn it. That's, Quit that's, beat. that's, that's abuse. Yeah, I'm, I'm beating it up. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I sound annoying in this episode because... You just sound annoying anyway, okay? Oh, okay. shit. <laughs> you, me and you, WrestleMania, and Hell in a Cell. I'll do it. I'm not scared. Me either. I'll jump off like uh, Mankind. and then Like lose. Foley. <laughs> and you'll become infamous. And I'll cry when I touch the, the cage later on because of memories. Alright, <laughs> 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 let's move on. Uh, I already said my favorite part of the game is when Steve dies, so. 
What's your favorite part of the game? Oh man, uh, what's my favorite part of the game? Honestly, I think this might be cheating because I have two. I think um, I like the part where uh, Alfred discovers that he's he's a multiple personality crossdresser and a dolphin. I haven't laughed that hard in a long time. <laughs> And then, and then my other favorite part of the game is the opening cutscene, because it's just really cool. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention that. Like, that was a big thing, uh, that a positive thing I'll say, uh, compared to other cutscenes that we've seen in the franchise. Yeah, it was like some John Woo shit. Yeah, which... like Claire was like running through like an umbrella building. You don't know where it is. Just she's in an umbrella building, and like she's. I, they're trying to get her. Umbrella's trying to murder a college student. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently she's murdered several of them back, though. And, it, it, like, she gets chased by a helicopter. It's, like, blowing the building all to hell. And there's, like, a part where it slow-mos. And then she, like, shoots some flammable shit and kills, like, 20 people. It's, it's crazy. It's honestly insane uh, know, for, like, what happens in Resident Evil. That's crazy. But I, I can't help but like it because it's so cool. You know, uh, it's the perfect analogy of the Department of Education uh, chasing after a college student to go pay their uh, loan. That's what. That's the student loan department's trying to get her. Yeah, that's what it does. <laughs> you need to pay your loan. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'll say that's one of my favorite too. I'm gonna cheat. I'm gonna. I'm gonna copy. I'm a copycat. I'm gonna say, yeah, that cutscene was rad, and uh, that was my favorite part. So you have that, and Steve dies. So <laughs> for me, you have to put footage of that in of the cutscene if you can. Oh, I will. Yeah. Favorite weapons or weapon? I only have one, and it's the crossbow because that was like the main attraction to me for me in that game when I first played. I was like, oh, you get to have a badass crossbow and they kind of advertised it a little bit and everything that uh claire was in in the magazine and stuff like oh here's this badass crossbow and then you shoot it and then it's garbage <laughs> well it's garbage until you get the explosive powder mm -hmm. then you make the explosive arrows and you do some rambo shit you're like shooting guys with explosive arrows it's cool yeah so that's my favorite weapon what's yours I do like the, uh, even though they're somewhat unwieldy, I, I like having the dual pistols, okay. specifically the, the Uzis. Those are actually, those kind of mitigate, like, when you split your firepower because they're full auto. Mm -hmm. um, other than that, probably the Beretta, just because it's cool. And when I, I looked up information about that gun. It's just really... <coughs> Okay. I had a cough. You're just ruining the audio of this. You're hitting your mic, you're bumping your table, you're coughing. I'm just a terrible host, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, weapons weren't that great. And you said you said before, uh, very nerfed the guns were, especially the shotgun. Shotgun and got nerfed bad. The fucking enhanced, <laughs> the enhanced handgun. 
the enhanced handgun that is not enhanced. The only thing that changed was like the icon for it was like they they angled the gun. <laughs> okay. I, I almost thought for a second it'd be like a full auto Glock because those exist. I don't mm-hmm. think the 17 could ever do that, but it was like, pfft. who cares? It's Japan. They don't know anything about guns. Jesus. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, a quick shout out to the knife though. Because this was the only game where the knife was super useful until Resident Evil 4. Because, really? uh. Yeah, because. Oh, you, you never used it, huh? No. Okay. This game, for whatever reason, the knife works very differently. Um, oh, that's why you were using it most of the time during your gameplay. Yeah, at first I was, yeah. And that. Like. For whatever reason, this game, they made it to where the knife, when you swing it at an enemy, it hits multiple times. It's not just one slash. So it's like, you do the slash motion, and you'll hear the sound effect for it hitting, and it might hit the enemy four or five times in one swing. It's weird. Um, but the best strategy, I don't remember where I even, I even was from. It might be from one of those old strategy guides. Uh, might have been from this one that I was using. Mm-hmm. Uh Official Dreamcast magazine, uh, uh, year 2000. <laughs> but um, if you slash down with the knife, that gives you the maximum amount of hits in one swing. And if you hit a zombie with it right, they'll go, they'll they'll fall down. They won't die, but they'll fall down. And then you can hit them a couple more times and they'll die. Um, uh, that's it's that's yeah. Weird. And they're great against the Bandersnatches, because, like, for uh, I got locked out of the crossbow because of that dumb shit we talked about earlier, where it's like, if you don't know, I can't do X, so now I'm, I, I because I didn't know about that, I can't do anything else now. <laughs> I I didn't have a good way to deal with the Bandersnatches, because the handgun's not great. So what I did was, I was like, fuck it, I'm going to try the knife on it. So you run around it and dodge his stretchy dowsim arm, you slash down, I shit you not. You slash down three times on a, a bandersnatch with the knife, it's dead. <laughs> wow. When it's your crazy. Knife, when your knife is better than a fucking enhanced gun, that's sad. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I don't know why. This is the only game where the knife acts like this. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, Capcom? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what they were thinking in this game. It's kind of all over the place. <laughs> all right. Final question. What is your best rank? Oh, I don't remember. It was probably like, because like I think I said before, like I probably the last time I played this game was 15 years ago. No joke, four years now. Yep. And oh, I probably got like a B or something. I want to say. I got an A back in the day because I remember getting the rocket launcher. So. Yeah. See, I never did that. I don't think. <laughs> I had a lot of time back then, so. <laughs> Yeah, so that that is the uh, little lightning round there of Chris's bags of guns, or bag of guns. Let's move on to the final countdown. This is where uh, we're ranking our uh, Resident Evil games from 1 through 13. Obviously 13 being the worst and 1 being the best. Zach, where do you put Code Veronica? Ooh, let's see. Uh, I think for now I'm gonna put it at number seven. Number seven for Zach with Resident Evil Code Veronica. Now I told you guys that it's gonna be pretty low on my list early in the podcast. 
Uh, I'm putting it at number 10 for now. Mm. Resident Evil Code Veronica. And it, it's pretty much because of the second time I played through it that pretty much dampered with it. I guarantee you Teenage Me would have been a different story. I would have been probably like, oh yeah, this is a you know a rad game, but you know, I have a smarter brain now. <laughs> I have more eyes and I've seen some shit in the Resident Evil franchise, which to the point where I'm like, it's not that great of a game. I mean, it's better it's, than a lot of others though. <laughs> yes. And uh, as you can see, it's at number 10 for now. It can go up a little bit for me playing games like Dead Aim and Resident Evil 5. So, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it, guys. Uh, we, we went pretty long because we were a little ranty, and that's good, though. It's good when we're a little ranty here and there. Um, but next episode is the Rebirth episode. This is where... They re-release re Resident Evil 1 on the GameCube. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, we could also mention that it came out <laughs> a thousand more times for uh, next-gen systems. And then yep. we're going to talk about Resident Evil Zero. Um, that's an interesting game, too, with shared inventory and a somewhat of a <laughs> dual characters where you could switch back and forth. So... Yep. I think we're gonna start off with Resident Evil One Remastered, and then we're, we're gonna... doing this in chronological order, basically, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so we're gonna do that, and then Resident Evil Zero, and then I think that's one of the shorter uh, episodes where it's only Resident Evil uh, One and Zero, and then we're gonna go into like the, <laughs> the Survivor and all the interesting games. Even though I said. I forgot what I named that section of the episode. You called them the bad games. Yeah, the bad games. <laughs> I should have changed it, but whatever. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it. I call them side games. Yeah. They're, they're all like, like, you know, kind of like off to the side. They're like weird little detours the series took. Mm-hmm. Zach, are you gonna be streaming any of these games? Oh, I'll definitely stream Remake, because that's one of my favorites, and I'll, I'll try Stream Zero, too. I don't know what version I'll either, because mm -hmm. I own the original GameCube copies, uh, but I also have them uh, remastered in HD for PS4. Yeah, and I have it for PC. Mm -hmm. But I also want to, because I'm in the, in the market to get a GameCube. So I might get the GameCube version. That's where I first played it. So Resident Evil Zero is one is one of my uh, highly rated, even though there's like crappy uh, enemies in that game. I thought it's it was kind of surprising. Most people like it's not. I don't think it's considered bad, but to most people, it's like it was okay. Like that's how they look at it. Yeah, it's not memorable. It's memorable to me on a personal level because I had a uh, a Geo Cities. Resident Evil fan club <laughs> website and me and my friend did artwork for uh, the Resident Evil Zero so it, 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 it touches me on a personal level but yeah so you're going to be streaming that um, I'll probably stream Resident Evil Zero uh, I don't know because I've already done Resident Evil 1 before but you know I could try to do it again 
you know, since we can have more uh, different versions and stuff that we could do. Yeah. Is there, is there any side projects you're working on besides uh, streaming stuff? Are you doing any reviews or... I don't know why I said reviews, but like anything for YouTube or stuff? Yeah, I did do reviews. <laughs> yeah. The uh, not not really not not right now i've always got ideas thinking about but i haven't really gotten around to really crystallizing them yet so to speak mm-hmm. cool cool uh i'm actually going to be working on the nerd review website i kind of want to make it more into a uh it's, it's gonna sound bad but like a magazine like an ign or game pro website but yeah still be different I don't want to be just like them, but I, uh, nerdreview.com is pretty much anything nerdy from wrestling to gaming to movies and all that jazz. Even, uh, tabletop games like D&D. Uh, it's where people, you know, post stuff like reviews. And I know my friend does a lot of B-rated horror movies that he does reviews on if you want to check that out. Uh, our podcast is located on Podbean, so if you go to novnetwork.podbean.com, we are located on there. We're also on Spotify, motherfuckers. So if you search Nerd Review Network, we are there, the Nemesis Project, and also alongside with Big Trouble Little Podcast and Escape from SideQuest. And uh, we're also on iTunes if you, if you search Nerd Review Network. So uh, make sure you go there, you give us a listen, uh, and you give us some feedback. Tell if we're doing good or bad, or if you hated me hitting the mic and coughing into the mic. Tell me if that bothered you. Just like how I hit the mic again. I did that on purpose, though, for you, to make a comment. <laughs> but other than that, everybody, I think we're going to end the episode. We're at an hour and almost 40 minutes. So until next Ooh. time, everybody... I'll see you later. Keep it classy. Damn straight.